0: Warning, the following show contains explicit language. Certain people should not listen to this show, such as children and panty-waist adults who cry like 12-year-old little girls when they hear profanity. Welcome, my friends, to another Dr. Reality Podcast. I'm Dave Champion, and today I want to talk with you about the latest media fear-mongering, the... India variant B1617 we know of course that oh, various health experts and government officials and so forth have attempted to terrify the american people with conversations about variant it was the brazil variant which was detected in japan and then it was the uk variant which we're going to talk about in a minute but now we have the triple mutation india variant B1.617 Okay, so in order to consider how we might view the India variant, perhaps we should look back at the variant that the U.S. media has just beat the drum of panic and fear incessantly, and that would be the U.K. variant. You may recall that back on March eighteenth, 2021, Senator Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci from the National Institutes of Health had a little bit of a sparring match at a Senate hearing. Rand Paul, who is an MD, made some characterizations to which Fauci took umbrage. And in response to that, he fired back at Rand Paul. He said, research out of the UK shows that the UK variant is 50% more transmissible. It's 64% more lethal. And that variant is here in the United States. Basically, he was telling Rand Paul, I'm the expert. You're not shut the fuck up but the question is was that credible was that realistic was that factual so let's take a quick look at the uk variant that fauci and others have used to try and terrify the american public I want to start out by reading just a little passage from a report issued by the UK Health Authority entitled Investigating the Novel SARS CoV 2 Variant. And they said of the B117, that's the technical designation for the UK variant, it has been a substantial majority in all areas of England during the month of December. That's a quote. Right out of the report now, it also gives percentages of that particular variant being identified over a period of weeks. So, on Octo- the week of October 12th in the UK, the UK variant was detected. Of all the tests that they gave in the US in the UK, it was detected in only three percent of the tests. By the week of December 21 it was detected in 98% of the tests given. So in other words, in, what is that, 10 weeks? In 10 weeks, it went from 3% of all the infections in the UK to 98% of all the infections in the UK. So we have the UK variant going in 10 weeks in the UK from 3% of all the infections to 98% of all the infections. If it is far more transmissible and it is 64% more lethal, then, of course, this should have been an absolute bloodbath, right? So what really happened? Well, remember we said that the 98% was as of December 21, 2020. 18 days later, 18 days later, I think it's really important to realize how quick this happened, right? 18 days later, cases began plummeting in the UK, right? This is a variant that is supposed to be more transmissible. So you would expect to see new daily infections exploding, right? Well, instead, 18 days later, all of a sudden, if you look at the graphs, the peak inverted and suddenly cases were plunging. And here are the actual numbers. Over an eight-week period New daily infections in the UK plunged 96%, and in that same eight-week period, deaths dropped 88%. So explain something to me. With a variant that Anthony Fauci was telling Senator Rand Paul, who is an MD, this is 50% more transmissible and 64% more lethal, yet 18 days after it is known to be The predominant strain in the UK, new daily infections plunge 96% in eight weeks and deaths drop 88%. How do you have deaths dropping 88% with a a, uh, variant that's 64% more lethal as Fauci claimed? But perhaps more importantly than simply the raw numbers I just shared with you is that that number, 96% reduction in new daily infections in the U.K., with the U.K. variant being the dominant strain by far, that number was hit, 96% reduction, almost 100%. That was hit on March 16th, as was the 88% reduction in deaths, March 16th. Two days later, Fauci sat before medical doctor and Senator Rand Paul and gave him the study that that real-life data had completely debunked, he sat there and used that with Rand Paul to make himself right when the real-world data said that's not remotely fucking true. Were other world health experts saying the same thing that Fauci said to Senator Rand Paul? No, not at all. On March 10th, eight days before Fauci went before the Senate committee and essentially lied to Rand Paul's face, eight days before that, Maria van Kerkhove, if I'm pronouncing that correct, she is the technical lead on COVID-19 for the World Health Organization. And she said that her team had not... Observed that the variant was more likely to cause severe disease. Okay, so that takes the 64% more lethal, more lethal equation and throws it out the window. Because what makes a variant, if it's going to be more lethal, if it's going to have a higher mortality rate, an increased percentage of those infected have, would, in this particular case, get severe COVID-19. And the World Health Organization's lead for COVID-19 said she and her team had found no evidence of that. So, eight days before Fauci was lying to Rand Paul's face, the lead for the World Health Organization on COVID-19 was saying, we found no evidence that that's factual. None. Before I return to the India variant, Uh, I would say this information about Fauci and what he did and what was known and what the data showed and what he said to Rand Paul, it really dictates one of two conclusions. One is that Fauci should be immediately removed from his position at the National Institutes of Health because he is incompetent. Now, he's 80 or 81 now, so perhaps, I don't know, maybe he's having some cognition problems. I'll go out on a limb and say that's a possibility. (laughs) If he's referencing a study from January, and since January, the real-world data completely debunked the conclusions of the study he's referencing, that would mean that while he he was aware of a study from early January 2021, he was completely non-cognizant of the real world data since then, coming up through, as I said, the 96% and 88% numbers were as of March 16th. So that eight-week period that ended two days before he appeared at the Senate hearing, apparently... If, he's, if we go with the incompetent argument, that he was completely aware of that eight weeks' worth of real-world data that blew the conclusions of that earlier study out of the water. And I will say, by the way, the earlier study used the word suggests, not proven. But Fauci represented it to Rand Paul as if it was done. It was factual, when in fact, the original study did not say that. And in fact, the real-world data had shown it was absolute bunk, the second possible explanation for Fauci's statement to Senator Paul was that Fauci knew that the real-world data had completely eviscerated the suggestive conclusions of that January study in the UK, and that knowing that, he sat there in front of a representative of the, of the American people in, the, in a Senate hearing and lied his ass off, in which case he again— should be terminated from his position at the National Institutes of Health. There's no way around this. Either he's incompetent and he needs to be fired or removed, otherwise removed, or he's lying, in which case he needs to be removed. I don't see any third possibility to explain Fauci's actions that day. So back to the India variant. I I would like to hope that the American people have heard enough of this Sky is falling, chicken little variant BS. That when the media starts throwing out the, you know, the triple mutation India variant B.1.617, it's going to kill us all. I would hope that people by now would be like, dude, whatever, shut the fuck up. Uh, Not interested in listening to more of your bullshit. But I've got to be honest, I don't necessarily believe that's true. I think people are going to be just as affected about the India variant as they've been about the Brazil variant, which was actually discovered in Japan, or the UK variant. Why? Because the vast majority of the American people are—I don't don't want to be too pejorative. They're fools. They're— The kind of thing that we've talked about here today, these facts, this reality, how the dates line up, how the data lines up. Yeah, they don't do that. They look at somebody like, do you know there is a Fauci action figure? There are Fauci pillows. This guy is like, to to a lot of people, he is their man-god. And they worship this lying sack of shit. So, Because of that, why would they look at the real number? Nobody looks at numbers real or otherwise. They just don't. Um, Either somebody takes for granted what party A says, because they like that guy, they're emotionally connected to that guy or gal, or they do what Person B says because they're emotionally somehow connected to that person. They've latched onto that. That's my that's my science god. That whatever my science god says, oh, that's what I believe. And if you speak out against what my science god says, you're a heretic and a science denier. I yeah, that's how the vast majority of Americans look at these issues. The kind of things we've talked about today. Yeah, they're not, I don't not that they don't even look, I don't even think they're interested, which is really, really bizarre for a nation that prides itself, in theory, on being responsible and self-governing. So remember we talked a minute ago about the early January UK study suggested? Okay, so that's the same thing they're doing now with the India variant. The early, early research that actually the researchers, because the papers aren't out yet, the researchers are saying Data suggests that B.1.617 can evade the vaccines that exist at this time. Okay, so I see a couple of things going on here. Number one, (laughs) from my point of view, oh, it evades the vaccine? Good. Maybe people stop buying into the establishment BS and start actually going like, you know what, I have an immune system and my immune system that they whether it's the original SARS-CoV-2 virus whether it's the B.1.1.7 which is the UK whether it's the b India variant yeah it's not out it's not going to outwit or evade my immune process so uh, maybe some people can wake up to that rather than just jumping once again onto the fear train Speaking of relying on your own immune system, I had an like, sort of interesting sort of back and forth a little bit with somebody on social media, because I was saying, I have never, from moment one of the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak, I've never had any concern at all about becoming infected. Nothing, zero. And I've never had any concern about getting COVID-19. I've never had any concern about being ill. Okay. Because there's a difference. Somebody can get infected and be asymptomatic, and then they can get infected and actually have symptoms, in which case we would say they have the disease of COVID-19. So I've never been concerned with any of that. I've never been concerned with being infected. I've never been concerned with manifesting COVID-19. And I would say I've never been concerned about dying of it, but I mean, it's never even crossed my mind, right? So this guy was like appalled. He's like, you need to educate yourself. It's, It's always the fucking moron who doesn't know jack shit about science, virology, immunology, communicable diseases, physiology. That is, you need to educate yourself. Yeah. Okay. So probably the number one reason, number one, by far, that I had zero concerns about SARS-CoV-2 is because I live in a state of ketosis and have for, I don't know, 39 months now, something like that. And 17 months ago, which is well before the SARS-CoV-2 outbreak, I switched to carnivore. And my health, uh, when I went to keto, what is it, like 39 months ago, my health increased considerably. And then when I made the switch to carnivore 17 months ago, it it was like the next plateau. It leaped up to the next plane. It is hard for people, I think, to hear me who think that there's something wrong, bad, inconvenient, kooky. I don't know what their sentiments are about living in ketosis. I think it's hard for them to hear me when I talk about the tremendous health benefits, the tremendous, the outstanding increase in health. I, I think they they really have trouble hearing that. So the best solution that I can give you, so you don't have to take my word for it, because you know if you've been following me for any length of time, I say, please do not believe me about anything. Please go ahead and order, go to drreality.news and order yourself a copy of Body Science. I mean, just today, somebody on social media commented he said, I'm in chapter 9, and the evidence you—that's 9 out of 14. He's in chapter 9. He says, the evidence you present is irrefutable. Yeah. Otherwise, why would I write something—I'm not much on, like, gossipy stuff— uh, loose interpretation that other people can pick apart? Because of what value is that? If somebody could just tear stuff apart that I write, why the fuck would I bother to write it? Because it's worthless at that point, right? So when this gentleman very kindly said, I'm in chapter nine, and you, the evidence you present is irrefutable, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So if you want to know for sure that it's not kooky, it's not inconvenient, you're not being deprived of some, I don't know which People think they're being deprived of when they live in ketosis. Uh, but if you want to find out, go to drreality.news. And uh, one of the things, because this is not going to be the last contagious outbreak, right? So even if you're saying, well, we're at the tail end of this, so if I get in really good health, you have no idea when the next outbreak is going to happen. The ne- w- w- there could be another virus, literally, there could be another virus tomorrow. There could be some other form of contagion. The point is, you know, I've talked about this in other videos ad nauseum. The people who are getting very, very sick from SARS-CoV-2 and the people who are dying from SARS-CoV-2 are those with chronic disease. And unless it's something genetic like type 1 diabetes, there's there's absolutely no reason to have it. Just read the damn book, read Body Science, and you unless it's genetic, you won't have any chronic disease. And you can be in the same place I've been at concerning SARS-CoV-2, which is Absolutely no care or concern, and I don't mean I've had no care or concern while following all the government mandates no I mean I've had zero concern so that for the last fifteen months, I've gone where I wanted when I wanted, done what I'd wanted, seen who I wanted, shook hands with people who were willing, hugged my friends i I've just I haven't worn a mask i I just I, I have literally just completely disregarded all of the public health experts, disregarded all these mandates by the governor where I live here in Nevada, because I just not for me. It's for those, this is going to sound bad, it's for those other people, those other people who aren't healthy. I I get why they might want to do, those things aren't going to work, but I get why they might want to do some of those things, because they're afraid, right? Yeah, Like I said, I never had a concern, and certain things like dying never even crossed my mind. So if you want to be there for something coming up in the future, oh, just like the flu. You know how many people die of the flu? Yeah, and they're the same thing. They always have chronic disease. So, if you want to be healthy, I'm gonna shut up now. Just go to drreality.news to get yourself a copy of Body Science.